Good evening, Sports Zodians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Aglioloro. I am your host for this is Sports Zone. We're recording with you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. Of course, we are rebroadcast, redistributed through all our various podcasting outlets. So we thank you for joining us no matter how you join us, whether it's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Bullhorn, Rate, Like, Share, Subscribe, Do, All the Things. And we got a good show for you tonight, folks. We will be joined by Dave Hastings in a matter of moments. We got a lot to talk about tonight. Hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Week 12. Always hard to believe when we get to this time of the year that we are 12 weeks through the NFL season. Because week 12 is in the books, folks. And Thanksgiving Day, pretty good day. Especially for the Cowboy fans out there. Completely destroyed the Washington uh, Commanders. I believe his final score was forty-five to ten. So that that was that was a good game. And I'm going to be honest. I listen. It's the Cowboys, so I I never look at any win as a guaranteed win. But you know, we, we, the division games we talk all the time. The teams get up a little extra for those division games, and the NFC East. It, definitely, they don't play each other, I would say, as hard as like the NFC uh, West or the AFC West or some of the other divisions like the AFC North. Um, NFC North is also, you know, you're talking teams like the fucking Browns, the Steelers, the Ravens. Then you get to the NFC, you have uh, Lions, Packers. We'll get into that one in a minute, too. Vikings, Bears, all these teams play each other really tough. I don't, again, I don't think the NFC East teams play each other nearly as hard as some of those other teams, but it's still a, 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 a rivalries that the teams get up for. So I always get a little nervous uh, when they take on the NFC East teams, but they dominated Washington every way possible. Uh, they, you get reports that Ron uh, Rivera is uh, not, not going to be coming back next year, and I believe they fired their defensive coordinator after the game uh so uh, you know washington's season basically over um but it was a nice win for the cowboys there and if you have tony pollard on your fantasy team uh you've been very happy with his rebound over the last couple weeks because uh that was he was getting bad for a little bit there uh but he did good and then you know when we did the picks last week just to kind of keep the show moving but also be a little different i, I picked green bay didn't really give too much of an explanation for it. Changed the subject when it happened. Uh, not only did I wind up being right, but, you know, as I, as I thought about it more, it made more and more sense to me to pick Green Bay. Detroit is obviously one of the better teams in the NFL. I, w- I would put them probably somewhere between five through seven best teams in the NFL with, obviously, without fully thinking this one through but i you listen they're a top 10 team this season they have eight wins so they've been good they have lost a couple games they probably should have won 
Green Bay is another team kind of in a similar boat because they have lost a couple games they should have won. They've also won a couple games they should have lost. And I don't, I don't know why, but in my mind there, I could see this being that type of game that you go in thinking Detroit should win, but Green Bay winds up pulling it out. And Green Bay got off to a big lead, and they just never really let Detroit get back into it. I think they made it close at times. But, yeah, the game was never closer than 23-14 in the second half. So, I, I like, at that point, once, once Green Bay scored that touchdown with three minutes left in the third quarter, they had the lead. Detroit still had the chance to do it. Didn't do anything with the opportunities there, and I do believe golf had a number. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm looking this up just be, to be sure, but I'm, I'm fairly certain there were turnovers on Detroit's part there. Yeah, uh, that, that's what it was. Goff fumbled three times, wound up being a killer there. So Green Bay pulls it out, and Detroit, listen, Detroit's a good team. They're a playoff team this year. Eight and three, I think they, they do still have the lead for the division, I would think. Um, so they going to be in it, but this is still a young team with some growing pains, definitely heading in the right direction, but um, I, I don't think they're fully there that yet. But they're still at eight and three. And then a night game, San Francisco just wipes the floor with Seattle 31-13. A game I know I I did not really wind up watching a lot of that game. Uh, But, yeah, uh, San Francisco dominated Seattle. And then the Friday game, thought that Jets might have a chance. Nope. Miami dominates them 34-13. So, I mean, those are the games before we get to the Sunday game. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, Dave Hastings is with us tonight. Dave, how you doing? Dave, are you there? You're muted, Dave. 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 Okay, how about that? There you go. How you doing, Dave? Not too bad, sir. How about yourself? About the same. About the same. But, um, should have a little bit of fun here tonight after a long day. So we got that. And happy belated Thanksgiving to you. I know we said happy Thanksgiving last week, but how was your Thanksgiving? One of the best I've had in a long time, my friend. It was really a good day. Very nice. Very yeah, nice. how about yourself? I was pretty good. It was a, it was a relatively simple Thanksgiving. We we had my brother's wedding, so I think everybody was just kind of tired out from the whole year. So it was just a little small Thanksgiving, just me and my mom. We wound up watching some football and saw a, a pretty good um, Dallas Cowboy victory, I would say. What do you say there? Yeah, I mean... It was definitely expected, so I'm glad. I yeah. mean, when it was when it was fourteen to ten, I was a little, a little interested. But to think about the fact that it went from fourteen ten and ended at forty five to ten, mm. um, really kind of just shows you, you know, mm. it, like I don't know if you want to say how good Dallas can be or how bad Washington is or a combination of both. I mean. Uh, but Dallas at home, uh, they won- now won 13 in a row. Um, and they just, uh, Dak Prescott just looks like a different quarterback in playing at home, that's for sure. So, Absolutely. Uh, fun to watch. I mean, 
Washington just, you know, I mean, they, they're just in a bad place. And I think you got to kind of tear it down and build it back up. Uh, but then again, they've been trying to do that for ever since Wentz, uh, Wentz started to play like shit. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I just it, like I enjoyed the game itself and watching Dallas win. Um, but I'm, I can't get too hyped over kicking the crap out of a team that's just not good. So mm, <laughs> that I will say. Listen, I always get a little nervous on the division games. I know technically I do that with every game, but I think the division games, and I, I mentioned this before you came on, I, I, I do think the division games still a little different than the rest. You know, the NFC, um, NFC East may not be, you know, we may not see the matchups there that we see with like the NFC West in terms of intes- intensity there. But I, I still look at those games. Like I, I do not take those great games for granted. So for me, it was it was just great to see a win they were supposed to have. Because my mother asked me before, before the game, you think Dallas will win? I said, listen, if they do what they're supposed to do on paper, they should wipe the floor out of them. But it's the Cowboys, so you never know. So it was nice to see them do what they were supposed to do. I can agree with the you never know pessimistic thought process. I definitely, mm-hmm. can, agree with, I definitely can agree with that. Mm-hmm. And the Thanksgiving games are no guaranteed victories. Especially like the last decade, I think. Well, you got the short week, you got the extra Mm -hmm. motivation, knowing everybody's home and watching you. And I mean, it's basically, you know, 90% of the, I mean, Dallas is Dallas, Washington was the third highest viewed game or third highest viewed program on TV, uh, going back to the Super Bowl. Mm. So it was the Super Bowl, some t- some show, and the Cowboys Washington game. So like everybody's watching. So you know there's always a little more pressure added to it and things like that. But overall, um, I do think uh, it's fair to say you never know. I mean, look at the Detroit Green Bay game. I don't think anybody yeah. thought Green Bay had a chance to win that game. And not only did they win it, but they won they won pretty comfortably. So. <laughs> I mean, I think that that kind of paints the picture. Um, I mean, we expected the Ravens to beat the um, – or not the Ravens, the 49ers to beat the Seahawks. <laughs> so that wasn't a surprise. Dallas-Washington wasn't a surprise. But that Green Bay-Detroit mm-hmm. game was definitely a surprise. And, I mean, Jordan Love played some really good football. Um, they ran the ball well. They caused – I mean, I don't know what Dan Campbell was thinking in a one-possession game going for a fake punt on his own 20-yard line. But, you know, it's Dan Campbell, and that's the reason his players love him is uh, he definitely gives them the trust <laughs> and proves it with play calling and how they approach the game. So, yeah, you got to – I mean, I've, I like he said after the game, like, you know, it, it's one loss. It's not panic mode. It's – you know, we're still in a great position and have a chance to, you know, finish this season out proving that we deserve to win this division and, and go to the playoffs. So mm-hmm. uh, definitely, you know, I don't think it's a, uh, a moment where you should freak out as a Lions fan, but being a Lions mm-hmm. fan, I can also understand why you might. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say this because I said this before you came on the air. So we did the picks last week. And obviously, I just I, I wanted to be a little different, so I, I picked Green Bay real quick. Obviously, did not have an explanation for it, but, you know, after the show and everything, thinking about it, trying to sell myself on it, 
And it made more sense to me just because like this year, obviously eight and three for the lions playoff team, like you said, and um, good young team and everything that should be around for a little while there. But I feel like they've lost one or two games. They probably should have won. And you can obviously say the same thing about the Packers, but I feel like they've also won a couple games. They should have lost there. And I don't know why, but for, for me, that kind of sold me on the idea that maybe Green Bay could pull it out. Well, I'm glad a week later you have a way to explain how you picked the game correctly. You like that, right? <laughs> I brought that back. I thought that was a nice touch. I'm, I'm proud of you, Mike. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, all right. And then, yeah, no, like you said, the San Francisco-Seattle game, not, not even really a contest, really, and DJ Metcalf did not do well for me in that game. And he's got a brutal stretch coming up over the next three or four weeks, which is fantastic. But then you got the Miami and the Jet game on Friday. And this was this was odd anyway. I think any, everybody kind of knew going in, why is there football on Black Friday? Just why is this happening? And the Jets did nothing to make it an interesting contest. And Miami blows them out in MetLife Stadium. Yeah, I mean, that was um, – uh, I mean, first and <laughs> foremost, the Jets pick, pick off Tua twice in the final two minutes, including a pick six, and yet somehow got outscored by one point in the final two minutes. Like, if that's not the most Jet-ish Jet thing to do – I just don't know what is. And that was, if you're like, I mean, I had my, my friends that are Jets fans were Texan and they were like, honestly, like they should just pack it in. Like the, the, the coaches should resign. The players should be fired. The GM should like, they were just losing their shit. And I was just like, Oh my God, it's crazy to think that back in August, we were talking about them potentially being a Super Bowl contender. And here they are with the sky falling and, you know, let's fire everybody. And, you know, I can't believe we didn't. I mean, I do agree with the fact that I can't believe they didn't have a better plan of backup quarterback uh, just in case something happened to Rodgers. But mm-hmm. and they had yeah. time to get in a backup quarterback after he went down and they did nothing. Oh, yeah. I mean, they had I mean, he went down on the fourth freaking play like as a GM, <laughs> like shouldn't you already be starting to dig into what your options might be? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I feel like that there's really not a choice. Like that's just what you should be doing. So, yeah. I mean, okay, guess not, but yeah. So, I mean, that was, but the a pick six on a hail Mary, I really don't think I have ever seen that before in my life. That was one of the craziest plays I've ever seen in my entire life. Like you said, uh, yeah. Yeah, and the fail Mary to go with the butt fumble. The Jets do not like Thanksgiving weekend. It's definitely um, not a weekend that they want to be playing on Thursday and apparently now Friday. Yeah. Did you so so you wound up watching the Black Friday game? I was I was working on Black Friday, so I did not get the chance to see it. Was it worth um, it to you? No, not one fucking bit at mm. all. But yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I watched. 
I won't say I watched the whole thing. I'd say I watched about 90% of it because, like, once once the fail marry or whatever you want to call it happened, I started doing some things, uh, trying to get a couple little things done around the house. And, yeah, but, yeah, I, I watched the majority of it. Um, and it was just uh, – it wasn't something that needed to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we go to the weekend games here, and I'll just run down the slate real quick. You just tell me what what sticks out to you. Atlanta beats New Orleans twenty four to fifteen. Pittsburgh winds up beating a Joe Burrowless Cincinnati sixteen to ten. Tennessee beats Carolina seventeen to ten. Bad game by Bryce Young. The uh, pretty good game for Derrick Henry there. Indianapolis beats Tampa Bay twenty seven twenty. The Giants pull out a rough game. Tommy DeVito, 191 passing yards. They win 10 to 7 over New England. Jacksonville beats Houston 24 to 21. Denver dominates Cleveland 29 to 12. The Rams spank the Cardinals 37 to 14. Kansas City staves off the Raiders 31 to 17. Raiders did take a big early lead in that game, but Kansas City came back. Close game um, between Philadelphia and Buffalo. Uh, Philadelphia winds up pulling it out in overtime, 37-34. I believe Josh. Really wipes the floor with Chargers 20-10 on Sunday night there. And and 12-10 over the Vikings. Oh, Mike, I heard about half of what you said and then you completely cut out oh that's fantastic that's great yeah so yeah you you yeah that was uh <laughs> i, I was doing? like okay <laughs> oh great all right i'm not doing that whole thing again in one shot then do you remember i would not what... i wouldn't either but okay fun fa- fun fact about the Giants-Patriots game. The Patriots become the first team in NFL history to hold three different teams to 10 or less points and go, lose all three games. <laughs> wow. um, Steelers actually look like they had an offense. Uh, I mean, they only scored 16 points, but a division game on the road. I mean, they still moved the ball more than probably their previous four games in, uh, to combine. So, I don't know. If that was just a, you know, everybody felt more free. They had more fun on offense. I don't know, but Canada being gone definitely uh, seemed to help their offense. Um, so good for them and bad for me for having Friar Muth on my bench, but whatever. Um, I had I had Pittsburgh's defense on my bench. I started Kansas City's defense. Not a good move. Yeah. So, um, Colts beating the Bucks. I mean. I don't know. I think the Bucks are, you know, I think some of them got pretty excited with how they started their year and Baker Mayfield looking pretty decent. But overall, I mean, let's be honest, it's Baker Mayfield and there's a reason he's a journeyman quarterback at this point. Um, and Gardner Minshew just plays pretty damn consistent football. He's not great. He's not your franchise guy, but you can trust him to carry you. Um, Titans Panthers, I don't even think that's worth uh, discussing because that was just an ugly, ugly, boring game. 
Mm. Um, Jaguars-Texans game, man, that was a great game, though. Uh, you tell me I'm going to get to watch Trevor Lawrence and C.J. Stroud play against each other for the next 10 years, give or take. Uh, I'm going to take that. Um, just a fun game back and forth. Never got Nobody got too far ahead. Um, Houston got bit bad by an illegal shift that it's debatable or not whether or not it was the right call, but you move on and you live on. Um, Jacksonville ends up making a huge – like the end of the first half was crazy. Jacksonville goes like 80 yards in like 12 seconds, gets stopped at the one-and-a-half-yard line with no timeouts. Decides to go for the touchdown, and Houston holds them, holds them, and doesn't give up any points. Um, so yeah, just overall a really good game. But I mean, I think Houston's got a little more growing before you can say they're better than Jacksonville. Um, that to me was probably the game of the of the day. Um, Saints Falcons. I mean, Derek Carr just sucks. I don't know. I mean, the Saints have thrown I think four touchdown passes on the year, and two of them are by. Or not on the year, but over the last couple of weeks or whatever. And Jameis Winston threw two of them with Derek Carr out injured, and Taysom Hill threw two of them uh, while Derek Carr was on the bench. So I mean, that's just, <laughs> that's just rough. I, I don't know how you explain that one. And Atlanta yeah. actually used uh, Bijan Robinson, but honestly, to me, the highlight out of that game was their halftime show where they had Ludacris come propelling down in a harness from the ceiling of the stadium. <laughs> I did wrapping, see that. Wrapping move, move, bitch, get out the way um, uh, to celebrate uh, 50 years of hip-hop. So mm. that yeah. was pretty fucking badass to me, and I was a huge fan of that. Um, mm. Ram Cardinals, I mean, dude, I, I think the only thing that sticks out to me more than anything out of this entire game is that Ky- Kyler or Kyrie Williams, the running back. Oh, uh, Kyron Williams, I believe. Kyron Williams. I mean, kid came out of basically freaking nowhere, and here he is just out four weeks on the IR, comes back and puts up over 200 freaking all-purpose yards. Just yeah. really, really impressive. Um, Browns losing to the Broncos. The Browns are pretty much done with no uh, – with no quarterback. I mean, they just don't with no quarterback, no Nick Chubb. They they're just they're just in a shit spot. Yeah. Uh but the Broncos though now have won I believe 6 in a row, have the longest win streak in the NFL. Uh, remarkable. Yeah, considering how they started and I saw somebody say it the other day. I mean, I got to agree if they went out and make the playoffs or even if they don't win out but manage to pull out a playoff spot in that AFC um that that's that that might give Sean Payton coach of the year. Mm. I mean yeah, there's no won. other way to say it. Yeah. They they have won their last five. They are at six and five. It currently tied for the sixth seed with the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans. Three way tie there. So uh, yeah. And if, if the playoffs ended today, I believe them and Indy get in and Houston's the odd man looking out. <sighs> Um, so, I mean, that's just crazy to think about. Um, mm. and Indy just lost Jonathan Taylor for two weeks today. I believe he's having thumb surgery. I did hear something happen to his thumb. I don't, I don't know mm. that he was going to be out for two weeks. I just heard that he had a thumb injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Sure is that. I have to bring something up real quick, and I, I, I'm going to apologize for interrupting, but you bringing up the Luda halftime show reminded me of something I wanted to bring up here. And I saw that Luda spot. That was pretty cool. I, I like Ludacris a lot. Um, the Dolly Parton halftime show for the Cowboys. Yeah. What? Yeah. What did you think about that? I didn't watch it. I was busy doing something else. But Okay. I personally don't feel bad at all for, uh, or have any issue at all with her rocking a Dallas Cowboy cheerleading outfit. I know some people mm-hmm. are bothered by it. I mean, shit, lady, you're in your 70s and you got a body like that, flaunt it. Have fun. Okay. And she's and also a philanthropist. She helps children. Mm-hmm. She's helped raise her family's kids. She was, you know, born with something that stopped her from ever being able to have children. Like, I've got no problem at all with with her rocking a Cowboys cheerleading suit. I mean, it's not like she was trying to pull a Janet Jackson and flash some nipple. So, mm-hmm. yep, I agree with everything you said right there. I love Dolly Parton myself. She could do whatever the hell she wants. I'm fine with it. That so you didn't watch the halftime show, so you don't know the thing. I, do you know the set list, the songs that she sang during no. the halftime show? Okay. This is the problem I had with the halftime show. She comes out and she does some, I guess she did a song off her new album or whatever it was. And then she did nine to five. That's cool. And then she ends singing. We are the champions. Dave, I'm going to, I'm going to remind you of the fact that I, I am a Met fan here and I can't help but look when he, she started singing, we are the champions. I was just reminded of every time I've seen anyone who is a fan of the Mets or any team of mine celebrate before the championship is won. And I'm not saying that's what was intended here. I wouldn't be surprised if she just did that to have fun and everything and didn't understand that sports fans are crazy people who believe in nonsense like superstition. And if you, if you scream too early, you're going to look stupid because you're never going to get to scream again. And I heard that. And I just got reminded to last summer, August 30th, the Mets bring Timmy Trumpets out to play Edwin Diaz in when he comes out of the bullpen. And that wound up being the last really good moment the Mets had that season. I'm not saying the same thing is going to happen here. I'm just saying we talk all the time about the Cowboys and everything and how it's all about what are you going to do in the postseason haven't done anything in the postseason 25 years. Now you got Dolly Parton. God bless Dolly Parton playing We Are the Fucking Champions in November. Yeah, can't say I really care, Mike. Okay. <laughs> so it's just I mean, me get, on that? I get where you're coming from, but we, we've established this a long time ago. You were much more glass half empty, and I'm much more glass half full. Yeah, I just, I so would not have done that if I. If I was the Cowboys, I would have gone up to her at some point and be like, hey, can you see this set list here? Uh, can we can, can you do something? Can you do a tribute to Kenny Rogers or something in this place here? Can we not do this? No? Okay. I hey, stand by. I, look, I, I mean, Mike, you uh, you are who you are, my friend. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't know. I just something doesn't sit well about with me about we are the championship. We are the champions in November. But anyway, I am sorry 
to have completely taken a detour here, but I wanted to bring that up tonight. It, it's I'm glad you got it <laughs> off your chest. And admit it, when I said that, that is not where you thought I was going with that. <laughs> no, I literally had I really, really had no clue where we were going. What rabbit hole you were <laughs> taking me down. We are the fucking champions. Ugh. Anyway, oh, okay. Did any other game stand out to you real quick? Or I'm just going to bring this gentleman on right now, actually. Sorry. Uh, well, I'm Dave. sure he has an opinion about the Bills-Eagles game like I do, so. Oh, there we go. Because he's here tonight, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, Eric Pfeiffer is with us tonight. Fife, how you doing, buddy? Doing good. How are you guys? All right. Better now that you're here, pal. <laughs> oh, glad to have that effect. <laughs> What's that say about Mike, though? Oh, that's not that, a knock on Mike. That means I just spent the last five minutes railing against Dolly Parton for playing We Are the Champions at the halftime show of a Dallas Cowboy game in November. That's what just happened. <laughs> Man, nobody There's brings the crickets. Yeah, I was going to say, nobody brings the crickets like I do, huh? Well, you know, I mean, maybe... She still thinks it's the 90s. I don't know. What did you say? Maybe she still thinks it's the 90s. I don't know. Mm. That's a reasonable explanation. All right. We'll go on here. We're just we're just kind of recapping um, week 12. Kind of went through the um, thanks, uh, Thanksgiving Day games. Talked a little bit about the Giants. What did you think about the Giant game on Sunday, Mr. Fife? You there? Oh, I guess Did you I get... can't hear me snoring. Sorry. I, I, yeah, apparently. I'm I have that effect on people. I'm my truck, so uh, no, I was snoring about the Giants game, not you. Oh, I missed the whole joke. I stepped on the whole thing. I'm so sorry. That's all right. No big deal. <laughs> it was uh, it was a snooze fest, you know, as expected, two of the worst teams in football coming up against each other. Um, uh, Mac Jones is terrible. I mean, <laughs> was Tommy DeVito the best quarterback on the field? How's that possible? <laughs> um, you know, it was <laughs> it was bad. It was it was what we expected. It was bad. Although I did start Ramondre Stevenson over uh, Brian Robinson because of well, one he was playing the Cowboys, the Robinson matchup dependent this year, and you knew that was going to be a, a very bad game script for them running the ball. So I started Ramondre. Coming off the bye, he had a good week before that bye. I just, in my head, I figured one of the two, I, I had actually Ramondre Stevenson and Saquon Barkley. I figured one of the running backs would go for like 20, and the other one maybe 9 or 10 in a non-BCR. Uh, turns out one went for 12 and the other one went for 4. Scale was about to say, but uh, a little lower than expected. Mm. But, uh, you know, it was, it was boring. Um, you know, I was flipping back and forth between the Giants and Red Zone. Actually, no, I lied. I had the Giants on my laptop. I had Red Zone on my phone, and I had Blippy on my TV. <laughs> That's what my life has come to. I bought it up until this past weekend, and it was just easier to put the kids' stuff on the TV and use my <laughs> devices for other things. But I made it hey, two and a half years. So, 
hey, a dad's got to do what a dad's got to do. Yeah. That's hey, a man. hell of a hell of a sacrifice right there. The kid was happy, you know, fifty-five inch friggin' blip you off, squinting at a laptop and a phone. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, All right. Fine. I, I I think I got I got enough. What are you What were your thoughts of that Bills Eagles game? Uh, you know, I caught the ending of it, and I hated it simply because I had a good lead going into Sunday night playing against Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown. So I hated it. I hated it. In fact, I went to put my kid to bed, and I still had a good lead. And I think Hurts had maybe six points. I woke up. And I was, or I, you know, I, I got done putting him to bed, which was, hey, it takes, sometimes takes about an hour. And I was losing. So I hated yep. it. Yeah. Right. But the quarterback, yeah, I mean, that I thought that. Out of my skin. Uh, I mean, the, some of the shit calls the refs made against Buffalo, uh, how lopsided the refereeing was in uh, against Buffalo, the 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 lack of team two good teams week uh two weeks in a row the lack of their ability to put Philly away as a Cowboys fan just pissed me off Philly should have lost both games they're down 17-7 each week and they come back and end up winning each game i mean huge kick though um by Philly's kicker uh to tie the game towards the end of regulation Huge miscommunication between Gabe Davis and uh, Josh Allen on, on what should have been the game-winning touchdown in overtime. Um, and Jalen Hurts looked like a guy who shouldn't even be a backup quarterback in the NFL in the first half and looked like a league MVP in the second half. Uh, the, the throws he made, plays he, the throws he made while moving – uh, the the scrambling, I mean, and and his scr- like the one thing that always drove me nuts. People like, oh, he gets all these rushing touchdowns. I'm like, yeah, but he gets shoved into the end zone. End zone. He doesn't actually run into the end zone. He gets shoved into it, and the guy can squat 600 pounds. So between that and his teammates pushing him, he gets in. But he wow. actually ran into the end zone, made plays with his legs, kept his eyes downfield. And it was just – it was like two different quarterbacks between half one and half two. And just, you know, uh, just uh, – it's got to be a horrible taste in your mouth if you're Buffalo leaving the game like that uh, and, and an well, opportunity to get a huge win on the road. Here's here's what I'm going to say, though, too. It's like and, – and, and I'm going to put my bias aside right now. Um, there – you know, you hear the word championship pedigree or caliber associated with the Eagles. And in a game like that, where, look, I don't care if you're uh, Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Tommy DeVito, <clears throat> you're going, you're not going to play perfect all game, every game. But the really good ones, the really, really good ones can have a really, really bad first half <clears throat> and pull themselves out of it. And that to me says something more than a guy who just comes out and, and lights it up all the time, you know, uh, when a guy can have a bad a bad first half and mentally bring himself back into that game, because a lot of that's mental, and come and have a really good second half. Now, did I think there was a bogus uh, non-pass interference call on, on Stephon Diggs towards the end there too? Yeah. But honestly, and 
And because I watch a lot of red zone, I can say this with confidence that these calls that get missed get magnified on primetime TV, right? So, we, you know, we talk about a lot of the ones that happen either to our own team or the ones that happen in primetime because everybody's watching. But I watched uh, a lot of that Houston game. I mentioned in the past that I'm very invested in Houston when it comes to my fantasy. And I saw C.J. Stroud get sacked at the end of the game on what looked to me like a horse collar. And there was no call. So it happens every game. It's just magnified on the primetime games, especially when you have two big-name teams like the Eagles and the Bills going after each other. And, um, yeah, you know, but, 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 there's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there, too, you know. And I'm not one of them. I don't think it's rigged. I don't think anybody's root for one team over the other when it comes to officiating. These guys are human, and they blow calls. It's just with the TV and the replay that we have, it's all very magnified. Can we be honest, though? C.J. Stroud might have gotten a horse collar, but instead of missing the call, was he called for intentional grounding, loss of down, and a loss of 13 yards? No, no, that did not happen. Like, that to me is what makes that so egregious. Like, you literally put that, like, took the entire play away when that should have been a 15-yard personal foul. Like that was a that there's a there's levels of blown calls and you cannot blow a call and then call some other bullshit that goes against the team that you missed that call. So the only answer to that problem, you know, and and people aren't going to like it, is you have your your officials on the on the field to try and keep things moving along, but then you need to have an off field official, a video official who can make calls. So when they see something like that and it's going to change the landscape of the game completely like that, then you, uh, you know, you let that video official make a call from a booth. And that's the only way to change it. Otherwise, human error will always be a thing when it comes to officiating any sport. In the first glance, that doesn't sound like a bad idea, though. No, and if they can do it as quickly, like they've found ways to make video reviews quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Like for the, the plays that are reviewable. <clears throat> but then at, at some point, you know, when do you take a guy and say, hey, your job's just going to be in the booth. Um, but then you start getting into nickel and diamond right there because, there's, you know, you know there's holding on every play. The ones they try and call are the ones that affect the play, right? Like so – if the left tackle's holding, but they ran off the right side, and that right end had no way of making that play, a lot of times they're not going to call that hold. It's just something that happens. But then when you put a guy in a booth who's responsible for making all those calls, how do you how do you weigh in on what's the ones he should change and what's the ones he shouldn't? You know, and and that's mm. where you start getting into the, the tough area to be able to do something like that. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. All right. Um, so that was the Buffalo Philadelphia game there. Um, anything else stand out to you guys this weekend? We had the Baltimore Chargers game. Fife, I don't know if anything else stood out to you. Just um, the Detroit Lions need to figure out how to come out of the gates hot. Um, I think it's two weeks in a row now they've fallen behind. The week prior, they got they made a comeback. I wouldn't say they're lucky. They're a good football team. But uh, the Detroit Lions need to figure out how to start playing the first quarter of football 
like it's the fourth quarter of football. They have the offense to be able to do it. Um, they have a very good defense. I'm not going to say they're great, but they're a very good serviceable defense. So I think the Detroit Lions need to figure out how to play the first half as well as they play most of the time in the second half. Mm. Also, the Minnesota Vikings um, last year were record-setting. I mean, the fact that we didn't predict this year to be like this for them, uh, <clears throat> not many people did, but a record-setting 11-0 and in one-score games in the regular season, right? So you had to figure that a couple of those were going to go the other way. It wasn't going to happen again. That's why it was a record. That's why nobody had ever done it before. And now going into this weekend, they were 5-5, five and five, I think, in one-score games this year. So, you know, you had to kind of see that coming, I, I believe, personally. Mm. Um, and I'm a little ashamed that I didn't. The same thing with the Giants. In the back of my mind, I knew that they were pulling out wins last year that they shouldn't have. And they didn't make enough drastic improvements to the lineup uh, because of their success last year um, to not lose a couple of those games that they were that they weren't shouldn't have won last year that they won. So it's the same thing as far as the Vikings and the Giants go. In my opinion, it, it was predictable looking back hindsight 2020. But if you look back and you think about it, it, it was predictable that their seasons would be going kind of the way they are. Maybe not the Giants. As bad as it is, but I'm not surprised in the same, same breath. Yeah, I definitely don't definitely. think the Giants season uh, – I, I definitely am not shocked that the Giants or the Vikings are – I mean, the Vikings have, have really played well without Justin Jefferson um, and Kirk Cousins, surprisingly. But overall, you can't say you really expected them to be, you know, a true playoff contender, and they actually are. The Giants, on the other hand, I don't – I mean, you look at them and, I mean, they've just gotten ransacked with injuries. But I still don't think you should have came into the season thinking they were going to – they were guaranteed to be a playoff team. Possibly, yeah. of course. You never know. I mean, it's always hope. But no way you should have a playoff team. Right. I agree. Yep. That's who I'm rooting for, by the way. Not just because of fantasy, but – I would love to see the Houston Texans play against the Detroit Lions in the Super Bowl. Maybe I'm the only one in the world, but I think it would be great. I know it's not going to happen, but that's what I'm rooting for from this point forward. Uh, that would be cool just because those are two teams that you just you, – you, you definitely don't associate either of them with winning to see them both get over the hump and get there. That That would be pretty cool. I'd be with you on that one. All right, did you guys have anything else for this weekend before we move on to picks? Uh, I'm good. All right. Actually, let me ask you guys this question real quick, because this was one that came up a couple weeks back, and I didn't get a chance to bring it up, but it just popped in my head. What did you guys think of the sideline reporter who had come out on a Pardon My Take a couple weeks back and basically admitting to making up uh, coaches' quotes coming out of halftime if she if she didn't get a chance to to see them before that. This was a big uproar over this, and I feel a couple different ways about it. But I'm curious what you guys thought about it. If you guys had seen it, Fife, I start with you. Did you wind up seeing this? I did not see this. Can you explain it one more time? Okay. 
I cannot remember the sideline reporter's name, but yeah, I think she does. Amazon um, broadcast on Thursday Night Football. She was on Pardon My Take a couple weeks back, the Barstool podcast. And right. she she basically <laughs> said that during times where she couldn't um, interview the head coach quickly be, uh, before they came out of the tunnel to start the second half, they would she would basically make up quotes, like the generic – we're going to try hard in the second half. Uh, we're going to—I I can't remember the exact word, but basically, think of a, any coach speak what they wind up saying coming out of halftime. You know, the generic. But we tried some things; they didn't work. We got to make some adjustments. Blah blah blah. So she made up some quotes, and there was a big uproar. You had the one side that basically said that the, the sideline reporters don't amount to anything. Everybody can basically come up with those quotes on their own. And then you have the, the actual other sideline reporters who are basically uh, accusing her of uh, plagiarism or, you know, just making stuff up basically and discrediting the whole, that whole industry. Um, well, what I'm going to say is, how do you think the network would feel if, if she just said, well, couldn't catch up with the head coach. So uh, I got nothing for you. So obviously, there's pressure there. Uh, I'm guaranteeing she's not the only one who's done it. Uh, she's just the only one who's honest about it. Um, I have no problems with it. It's part of it. I barely listen to the people who are speaking anyway, and so I prefer to watch like on Monday Night Football and Peyton and Eli are on uh, because they talk about football. Uh, I could do with less interviews, but they've been doing better this year with like cutting out the stupidity in the interviews while good football plays are going on. So I'll give them that credit. You know, it's a learning process, I bet, as to how they're going to handle that thing. But um, I, I don't falter for it because, again, you know, you either say something or, you know, nobody wants to hear you say, <laughs> I couldn't catch up with the head coach. <clears throat> you know, they put you on the spot. They put you on. And maybe, you know, there's a chance – that she may have said that to the producer, like, hey, I didn't get to talk to the head coach. And maybe one time the producer was like, well, figure something out, say something, you're on. So then from that point forward, she's like, well, if I can't catch up with the head coach, I guess that's what I got to do. You know, I don't know, really know how it went down or, or anything like that, but I don't care. Mm. Fair enough. Dave, did you see this? Uh, yeah, no, I did hear all about it. And honestly, I think it's uh, one of those things that, if she is doing it, I'm not a fan of it. I, I just simply, I mean, your job, your job as a reporter, no matter whether it's sports, politics, or any other news, is to deliver the truth to the people that are relying on you to deliver it. Now, I understand football head coach sideline comments before going into the beginning of a second half really don't have an impact on anybody's life. And I don't really picture anything they say even impacts Vegas or betting. Um, so, I mean, I, I understand the lack of impact it has on people's lives. But at the same time, I mean, your your job is to report what you're being told or not being told, not make up stories just so that you have something to say. And like Fife said, though, right? Like, this could simply be something where she admits that she did it because she went to her boss and was like, Hey, I, I didn't get the sideline guy or I didn't get the, the coach today. Um, you know, he wasn't having it. What do you want me to do? And them coming and saying, well, make something up. Like, 
but also at the same time, I mean, I don't know if she was just saying it for shit, you know, shits and giggles, because I feel like at some point or another, you know, a coach would come out and be like, oh, yeah, well, she said this that I said, and I never said that. Or I, don't know, I feel like somebody would have came out and be like, you know, corroborated the story or said, no, that's not true. Like, you know, maybe her producer would like. So I don't know. I think I think there's some there is some shit in this story that doesn't smell right. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Me personally, when I when I heard about it, I kind of I, I, I saw both sides to it. Like, obviously, you don't want to have a reporter on your sidelines who's just blatantly making things up. But I mean, the truth is, and five, you kind of said it earlier, too. None of us really pay attention to the sideline reporters coming out of halftime. And I guess that's what a lot of people were mad about is that they got to fight for credibility anyway. And this doesn't help anything, which I definitely see. I, I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting thing. I had wanted to bring it up last week, but I forgot about it. So wanted to say it yeah. now. She, I'm, but, sure she kept it, I'm sure she kept it generic too. Like it's not like she was yes. like, well, Nick Sirianni says he wants to get um, DeAndre Swift 15 touches this half, you know, like, I'm sure it was very generic um, and nothing that was like a huge lie, you know, and who knows this sideline reporter may have spoken to these coaches in the past and has an idea what they would have said anyway. Cause a lot mm-hmm. of them give a generic answer when they come out. Cause they don't feel like talking about it. They just want to go coach, <laughs> you know? So there's a lot of factors in place in play here. And I don't think it's that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, with that, I think we will move to picks here. To recap last week, so I did wind up picking Green Bay. You guys had picked Detroit. We all picked Dallas. We all picked San Francisco. Me and, um, by the way, where is Schmelrose? Fife, you got Schmelrose? You want Schmelrose for this? Yeah, before I give him to you, um, I just want to say that um, I took my son to his first Devils game this past Friday. Uh, it was a three o'clock in the afternoon game, and I'm very proud of my son. He made it through all, the whole entire game. But uh, there's some people who uh, I'm friends with, I've known for a long time through hockey, who really helped us out big time. Um, so thank you to those guys. They got us down into the locker room area when the guys were coming out for warm ups. And my son got to watch warm ups. And my my son, believe it or not, is two and a half, and the kid is absolutely in love with hockey. Like, I have to tell him that at 5.30 in the morning, it's too early to play hockey because we have downstairs neighbors, and they're probably <laughs> sleeping. Like, I have to tell him that he's not allowed to play hockey. And all he does all day is run around with a hockey stick. Anyway, he was engaged. He was hanging out by the Zamboni doors. I mean, we got all access. And at the end of the game, because he stayed for the whole thing, he got to go out on the ice. Um, and we got to take a couple pictures out on the ice. So I just wanted to say that before we went to picks. I know I'm going to have to leave right after picks. Devils lost. Um, but I got to say that was probably the the most enjoyable Devils loss I've ever been to live. So um, we had a great time. My son did a great job, and uh, it was awesome. It was an experience that I, I can't even put into words. Mm-hmm. The picture, the pictures came, the pictures came out really good, though. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Um. So what? Uh, me and so okay, that that's great. You were able to do that. We got we got Schmelrose. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. That guy's done with his emotional bullshit. <laughs> Larry Schmelrose, ladies and gentlemen, how you doing, Larry? 
I'm doing good. How are you guys? Not too bad. Not too bad. So, all right. Um, the Baltimore Chargers game, that was the one where we were picking what, who would win by, and if they would win by more than three points. So, Schmelrose and Dave, you guys won on that because you both had Baltimore winning by uh, more than three and a half points, and I chose the Chargers there, and we all had Philadelphia. So, after 12 weeks, I went five and one last week. Dave went four and two. So that puts me up by a game, 31 and 30. Dave's 30 and 31. And Schmelrose, obviously undefeated for the weeks you were not here. For the three weeks you are, you were here. You are now 11 and 5, buddy, after a 5 and 1 week last week. All right, I'll take it. There you go. I mean, now we got to decide, like, when it's all said and done, is the winner of picks this year, um, like, you know, just between me and Mike because we picked the most games, or are we giving it to best win percentage? I think you and Mike have your heads-up competition, and then a secondary uh, competition would be the win percentage. Uh, I mean, uh, it's going to take a lot for us. I mean, we could catch up, but it's going to take a lot. You're, you're, you're batting at like 70% right now. <laughs> Give me too much credit, dude. I can <laughs> easily bat 10% over the next – however many weeks through playoffs. That is the joy of football. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. All well, right. Why, don't we let, why don't we let Fife go first this week? Absolutely. I'm all sorry, right. Melrose. My bad. Sorry. And I, it's all right. It's all right. I, we I went along with it, too. Yeah, I went along with it, too. So that's fine. All right. So it's time for Larry Melrose's shit show of the week. Because uh, to me, the schedule looks like there's either going to be uh, the bat. It looks like the shit show teams are all going to get beat by decent teams this week. Uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy. So I'm going to pick a game that might be a really good football game. We got one team coming on hot. Um, and actually the other team's been playing really well with a young rookie quarterback. I'm going to ride the Houston Texans whenever I have a question here as to what game I should pick. And I'm going to pick the Broncos at Houston. Um, again, the Broncos have been playing really good football as of late. Uh, they've beaten some very good teams. Five, Houston, in a row. five in a row. Houston, as we know, they had a, a tough loss this past week, but uh, they've had a very unexpected, very good season. Uh, you got Denver going to Houston. Sean Payton, very impressive to me. Go Ryan, head coach, C.J. Stroud. Russ looks like a little bit more like Russ again. Um, just being smarter. Javante Williams running the ball well when he's not running the ball well. Samaj P. Ryan's doing well out of the backfield. Um, you know, when Damian Pierce isn't around, who hasn't really been lighting the world on fire anyway, you got Singletary playing well. Uh, I feel like it doesn't matter if there's a receiver hurt in Houston. They, they find somebody to fill the void. They can't miss on their receivers this year. Um, I feel like Dalton Schultz has a back, bounce-back game. All that said, I think I'm going to take Denver in Houston. Wow. I did not see that going that way. Yeah, no, absolutely. <clears throat> and yeah, let this the... is an 
let the 10% batting average start. All right, well, you know what? An old friend of mine, uh, you guys may know him, always said, never bet against the streak. So that's where I'm going. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. The wise words of Eric Tressler. Yeah. The hell did I just say? Anyway, um, thought that'd get a bigger laugh. Um, I chuckled. Okay. I'm kind. Of, I think I'm going with Denver on that one too. Actually, I want to go with Houston here. I don't know, man. I mean, you were talking earlier before. If Denver winds up pulling out a playoff spot, Sean Payton, coach of the year. I mean, Denver kind of was, you know, we talk. I, I've I always liked and respected. Huh? I don't know about that. What? I think my oh. front runner right now for coach of the year is D'Amico. No, Ryan. no, no. Oh, well, I agree with you on that. Now, what he was saying was if Denver winds up after the, what was it, one and five start, they were, yeah. they were able to pull off a playoff spot. And I agree with him. I think he'd at least be in the conversation for it. Not saying anything against Miko Ryan. He'd obviously be in the conversation too. But anyway, I do think Sean Payton is a good head coach. I always have been. There was I feel like there was some doubters on that his last couple of years in, in New Orleans and coming into Denver, not getting off to the good start. Damn sure I ain't doing it because I think Russell Wilson's a better quarterback than C.J. Stroud. I just think that Denver, right, a little more veteran team. I think you got a little more plucky upstart with the Houston. So I'll go with Denver on that one. Dave, who you got? Give me Houston. There you go. I'm betting. What'd you say? I'm betting against the streak. Okay. All right. Who goes first between you and me this week, Dave? Was it me? I think it's me, right? Sure. Okay. All right. So it is time for Agri Lawyers Aggravation of the Week. And big week for me in fantasy here. I'm actually nine and three on this season, but the team I'm playing against, that's this is basically a battle for the number one seed. And I think I'm going to go with Tennessee and Indianapolis because they definitely give me some aggravation here. Tennessee with Derrick Henry did very well last week. Indianapolis, like we mentioned earlier, Jonathan Taylor apparently is going to be out for two weeks. Zach Moss, I got as a throw-in when I got DK Metcalf, so I have him now. Of course, now the aggravation is... Derrick Henry, Zach Moss in the lineup. And honestly, I'm going to take Indianapolis in this game. Tennessee, I think, might make it close just because it is a home game for them. But Pittman's firing on all cylinders. Moss has been good when he has played. And defense isn't anything to really shout about, but it hasn't been terrible either. Firing on a lot more cylinders than Tennessee has recently. So I'm going with Indy on that one. Dave, who you got? I mean, Tennessee offense is just putrid. So give me Indy. Give me Indy. Schmel Rose. Yeah, I'm going to go Indy. Just a lot more firepower. This kid, Josh Downs, a rookie wide receiver from Indy. Mm. He's going to be good. 
That boy's going to be good. I don't know about this year, but he's going to be good. Yeah, he can do it next year. He can't do it this year. Everything has to go to Pittman. He's been very good. Yep. All right. So it is time for Hastings Highlight of the Week. Oh, I mean, I think there's literally only one obvious answer for this week. Uh, I do think there's other good games on the schedule, but I don't think any other matchup uh, is going to be paid attention to more and watch more than San Francisco at Philly. Um, these two teams have been chirping at each other since the summer. Um, San Francisco at times has looked vulnerable. Uh, Philly, basically most games, looks pretty damn vulnerable, yet they figure out how to win. Um this will have, when it comes down to the energy and, and atmosphere of the players and the fans, is going to have a playoff game vibe. Um, this is a game where there's a lot riding on it when it comes down. I mean, Philly wins this game. They basically are guaranteed the number one seed in the NFC um, and home field advantage throughout, which is a huge, huge advantage uh, having to make teams go to the link. Um, to beat them to, to make it advance in the playoffs. Um, and this game is being played at, in Philly. Uh, but with all that said, uh, San Fran's going in healthy. And I think if Purdy stays healthy, I think San Fran is the better team. And I think they would have won the NFC Championship game if Purdy didn't get hurt either. Um, that game is literally the reason why the NFL teams can now carry three quarterbacks on the roster. I mean, they literally didn't have a quarterback. Uh, by halftime, so um, give me uh, give me San Fran on the road uh, against Philly. I'll go real quick. Um, I'm going to say Philadelphia here, just because I do think the the home road matchup. I I think that's going to be the difference here. I think if this game was in San Francisco, I'd be picking the 49ers here. Going to go with Philadelphia in this one, just because they're home going to be a good game though Shmuel Rose who you got Philly I'm sorry I meant San Francisco my bad I think they have the better defense I think Philly uh their defense has been shaky and against a team like San Fran that's going to bite them so give me San Fran Shmuel Rose you want to pick a second game um yeah give me a second a second game, huh? Mm-hmm. Doesn't well, have to call this. it. I don't think it has to be a shit show. I think it can just be a pick. It'll just be a pick. I, I will say, like, if that. you wanted to pick another shit show, I, I, there's a perfect shit show on the schedule that I'm just seeing right here. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it, and I'm pretty sure I'm seeing the same thing. But I just feel like we're all gonna pick the same teams. Um. But the Panthers bucks. That was not that was not the one I was thinking. All right. Well, I'm I mean that's a shit show. Yeah, that is a shit show. That is a so, shit show, yeah. You know, NFC South game. Uh, Bryce Young has not been impressive, right? But we're talking about Baker Mayfield, who was only throwing to one guy pretty much, but uh I only say that because I have Chris Godwin. I'm going to take the Bucks in that one. Mm. 
Well, for your sake, I hope he throws for Chris Godwin after he throws a shit ton of passes to Rashad White because that's my boy right there. I'm going Tampa Bay. Dropping Dave, who God. you got? Oh, sorry. What'd you say? I'm dropping Godwin. Are you dropping Godwin? Wow. He's that bad this year? I traded him. Six or seven points in non-PPR a week. Mm. Traded him and Matheson for Michael Pittman <laughs> at the beginning of the season. Dave, who you got? You know what? Giving Carolina again their second win. Just fire their head coach. Turnover. Guys know they have shit to prove if they want to keep their job next year. So, giving Carolina winning on the road in a big division game. Well, Mm. not really big since neither team is really going to do anything this year. But still, giving Carolina on the road. Mm. All right. Now, the game I'm going to pick, Schmelrose, the game I thought you 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 completely go with for the um, the shit show, Atlanta going into MetLife Stadium to take on the Jets. This is some stinky shit right here. I, yeah, I know Atlanta. I, I thought the same huh? thing. <laughs> Thank you. I don't always nail these, but every now and then I get them right, Dave. So, um, right. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I know Atlanta's coming off a win last week, but, you know, Desmond Ritter is the quarterback, not very good, not really overwilling to to uh, give the ball to arguably the best weapon on the team, Bijan Robinson. Like, I, I, I do have Drake London, so, I mean, I'm always rooting for him. But, um, yeah, I mean, and Jets have a good defense, and we, we know what their offense is. So th- this is a game that I, I'm definitely not going to want to watch this game. But I'm, I'm going to give a slight edge to Atlanta here going into MetLife, and I have them beating the Jets. I got to get going, but uh, I agree with Mike. I'm taking Atlanta. I think the run game and defense will win it for them. They have, right. Their defense hasn't been terrible. All right, Schmel Rose, real quick, Dallas or Seattle? Oh, Thursday night football. I mean, you got to pick Dallas at this point. All right, I figured I'd get, that, get my pick in for you before you hopped off so we didn't have to text I, you later. I can't not, you know. It's it's just hey, I, you still said don't know what, I still don't know what Seattle is, you know. You said don't bet against the streak. Dallas has won 13 in a row at home. All right, well, there we go. Just make it a little better. Go play well, my friend. Uh, I never do. See you later. <laughs> Larry Schmelrose, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for being here, brother. Yeah. Right. Have a good one. Okay. So, Dave, we need your picks for these last two games. Atlanta and the Jets. Who you got? Uh, give me... Honestly, I think the Jets are just crumbling. I, I really do want to pick them, but I just can't. So give me Atlanta. Yeah, I mean the, the defense is still there, so they'll they'll have a puncher's chance. But yeah, all right. And then Seattle and Dallas. Uh, I mean, I'm taking yeah. Dallas. I think they're the better yeah. team. I know. Uh, they know that if they can win Thursday. And San Francisco beats Philly on Sunday. That they're basically playing Philly for the number uh, for the first place in the NFC East. So mm-hmm. 
I, I don't think this – I think they've done a good job avoiding trap games all year. I don't think they'll let this be a trap game. Um, but, I, I, you know, they got a normal week sort of rest, you know, with playing last Thursday. Um, so, yeah, and Dak Prescott, I've said it probably three times already on, the, on today's podcast alone, like he's just different at home. Um, mm-hmm. I just – I think Dallas' defense will be able to make Geno uncomfortable enough. Only place I think Dallas is going to have some issues is I think Metcalf and um, Lockett can can definitely if Geno scrambles. I mean, if there's any two wide receivers that can break a big play on you know a little dump pass on this quarterback scramble, um, both of them can do it. So, mm-hmm. I'm gonna pick Dallas. No, oh, no, now they're gonna lose. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, that's um. <laughs> That's that's the thing. And I, I need DK Metcalf to have a really big game on Thursday. Like, I, I definitely want the Cowboys to win, but you got to let him go off for 100 yards and score a touchdown. You just got to let him do it and then just completely knock their heads off the rest of the game. That's fine. Um, Gino's been terrible the last couple weeks. I don't know how much he was, he was hurt in that uh, one game a couple weeks back where he didn't play most of the fourth quarter and they put Drew Locke in. He did wind up playing on Thursday, and obviously they were playing a San Francisco team that is really fucking good. So I, I don't know how much you hold it against them, but they, they, I said it earlier, Seattle's got a rough stretch because after they take on Dallas this Thursday, they play San Francisco again in San Francisco the following week. So that's, that's a bad stretch right there, but um, I don't have enough confidence in Seattle. To, to do this and yeah I, I don't want to f- lose too many games in the standings here so we got we got to keep pace a little bit so we're gonna go I, down i would agree with you there my friend <laughs> all right so with that uh did you have anything else football wise you wanted to bring up tonight no i think we covered everything all right Basketball wise, I don't know if you had anything to bring up. I feel like there's something I'm forgetting entirely that happened in basketball this week. I mean, the in-season tournament's officially almost down to the elimination games, whatever the hell that means, because I still don't yeah. understand how it works. Um, mm-hmm. Knicks look really good. Bulls look really bad. Uh, Sixers and Bucks are probably your two favorites in the East. Uh, the West has about four or five teams that could come out of there, but I think Denver is still your favorite to go back for a second year in a row. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's really all I've got. I mean, they were making a huge deal out of the, the Lakers losing to Philly the other night, but I mean, kind of is what it is. And Philly's one of the best teams in the East. So, uh, yeah. You know, I don't really think it's as big of a deal as some people make it, but they like to get clickbait and all that fun stuff. So why the hell not? Um, but yeah, I mean, basketball wise, I don't think. I mean, those are really the only things I I know of. I don't know. If, I don't know if there's. I, any I, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I don't. I don't know what I was thinking of. Maybe it was from a couple weeks back. I, I, I don't know. I thought there was something, but anyway. 
did you have anything else sports wise you wanted to bring up? Because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bore you with any baseball stuff. Nothing has happened yet this offseason in baseball. Still kind of putting all the chess pieces in position, and we'll see if the big moves start happening soon. Hopefully within the next couple of weeks. But that's all I got. We'll see. Yeah. Anything stand out to you pop culture wise this week? Because I I did not watch anything this week. Um, no, I can't say I have anything for you, friend. <laughs> All right. Well, I think with that then, I think we'll get out of here for tonight. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us on all the various podcasting outlets, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Bullhorn. Rate, like, share, subscribe, do all the things. And we'll get out of here for tonight. Thank you to Larry Schmelrose and Eric Pfeiffer for being with us earlier. Let's do some final thoughts. Dave Hastings. My friend, until uh, next week, it's always a pleasure. (laughs) As always, man, thanks for being here. And I am Mike Aglialoro. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you all next week.